Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. here's your host, Jason Swigard. Well, good morning. Welcome into Santa Clara, where I am. And, uh, Will, I've got an echo. Sorry. That's okay. How's that? Well, no, it's still there. Good luck. <laughs> okay, well, this is going to be a wild ride here for the next hour. Uh, yes, I'm down here. Pilots finishing up the regular season in just a little bit. You'll actually hear that game here on the fan at 1230, pregame at 1 o'clock. But um, for the next hour, it'll be solo. We'll be chiming in. Uh, we want to give our uh, best thoughts and wishes to Harold and his wife. Uh, they had a death in the family and are out in upstate New York attending to family matters. And so we want him to be totally focused on everything out there for his family. Uh, the weather's not good either. So we just uh, hope that... <laughs> Everything uh, is okay for him. They can take care of things, and uh, he'll return when he returns. One other note, he's not expected to be back next week. I'll be in Las Vegas with the West Coast Conference Tournament, so we will have no show next week. Uh, we'll take a week off there and then return to you on, I believe that will be March 14th, as we get closer and closer to Augusta and um, the Masters. And hopefully, at some point, Tiger Woods will resume playing, but We'll have to see how that goes, and that'll be uh, one of the things we'll discuss coming up. I do have one guest for you today, our good buddy Jeff Shane, who covers golf for the uh, Village's uh, Sun, Daily Sun, down there in Central Florida. He's going to hop back on with us at 8.15 and uh, give us uh, the lowdown as the PGA Tour hits the Florida swing for the first time this year. Uh, we've got other stuff. The Portland Golf Show going on at the Convention Center. If you weren't able to get down there on Friday, hopefully you're going down today or tomorrow. I'm looking forward to getting down there tomorrow, but we'll uh, recap a couple of those things coming up uh, when we do our uh, Tips from the Pro segment. And then in the business of golf, I, I think we've missed out and not paying attention that it's a Ryder Cup year. I don't know if that's on uh, people's minds. They're going to be playing Whistling Straits out in Wisconsin, Kohler, Wisconsin, one of those big, long uh, golf courses. And I'm just curious now, after what we saw last week, with Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau battling down the stretch of a tournament, uh, uh, Patrick Reed winning, two of the most uh, unsavory characters currently on the uh, PGA Tour, is it going to be hard to root for the U.S. team? If those guys make it, there's some other guys that don't have outgoing personalities. If Tiger Woods doesn't play enough to get in there. Now, I know Steve Stricker's the captain and will likely pick him if his body is in shape to play based on what he did at the President's Cup and if he's able to get himself back together and get another victory down the stretch. He's in okay shape. He'll probably pick him. But without him, how rootable is the American team going to be versus what Europe's going to send over here? And are you just rooting for the colors and the flag? Or is the U.S. going to have a uh, not-the-home-course advantage that you typically have? We'll discuss that more in the business of golf. Love to get your thoughts on it as well. We'll dial up the uh, fan text machine, and uh, you can text us at 55305. Uh, if you're looking forward to the Ryder Cup later in September or if it's going to be uh, tough to root for an American squad, if you got guys like Reed, DeChambeau on it, Matt Kuchar, 
Um, and then you've got Gary Woodland, Brooks Kepka. I mean, they're, you know, they're not the most exciting guys. Sometimes they rub people the wrong way. Hey, man, if you uh, win, you win. I know, but is that really going to do it? Yeah, man, it's America. We're about winning. That's what we do. Who cares if it's a little bit boring and maybe, uh, you know, some of them are kind of rude and a little jerky. Okay, well, we'll wait and find out, and we'll see. I mean, we're up there in Wisconsin, so the crowd should be on their best behavior. It's not like they're in Chicago or New York or something where the rowdies come out. But uh, but that'll be interesting, and I'll be interested to uh, get your take. Again, you can text us at 55305. But let's get cranked up, as we always do, by going inside the ropes. It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards, the latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. Four tours in action that we're keeping an eye on. Uh, The ladies are still off. They had their tournament canceled over there in Southeast Asia due to concerns over the coronavirus. So uh, if you've watched any of the uh, coverage on Golf Channel, you notice Christy Kerr has been an on-course commentator. So they will dial it back up in March when they get back uh, to the West Coast. They'll be in California and Arizona and Hawaii there for a month or so. But the uh, we'll start on the European Tour. The geographically challenged European Tour is in Oman at the Al Muj Golf Complex. Musket Oman for the Oman Open. Six-way tie for the lead after three rounds. Brandon Stone of South Africa used Loughton of uh, the Netherlands. But all the focus is on the 18-year-old phenom, Rasmus Hoygaard from Denmark. He won his first tournament and his fourth start back in September at the Mauritius Open. And now in his 10th start, looking to get his second win. They are all tied at 11 under. Another European rookie uh, from Finland, Sami Valamaki, is part of that group at 11 under par. Uh, but Rasmus Hoygaard kind of taking, uh, taking the European Tour by storm. Could get another win, could put himself in contention uh, to be considered for the Ryder Cup, and is another uh, young phenom. Hits it long once he learns to get a little bit more control, keep it in the fairways, hit a few more greens. He could be scary because his two best stats right now on the European Tour are driving distance and putts per round. If he can put the middle of his game together, he might be uh, one we start talking about on a regular basis. So you can uh, follow along there. Coverage will be overnight on Golf Channel. Champions Tour is in Tucson, Arizona. The Cologuard Classic. And a quick look at the leaderboard as they are playing the Omni Tucson National Course. Brett Quigley is your leader at 9 under par. Robert Carlson, one back at 8 under par. John Daly in the mix at 6 under, tied for 3rd. Bernhard Langer, Freddie Couples, Steve Stricker in the mix as well, all top ten. That coverage will be on Golf Channel as well. Corn Ferry Tour dialing it back up. They are in Mexico, the El Bosque Country Club in León, Mexico, for the El Bosque Mexico Championship by Innova. And a familiar name, Sang Moon Bay out of South Korea is your leader at 13 under par. You may have wondered, wait. That sounds familiar. Where did Sang Moon go? Well, you remember the controversy back in 2015 where he needed to get a victory in order for the Korean government to waive or defer his uh, tour in the Army, and he wasn't able to do it. He was trying to come to the United States. He was hoping he wouldn't have to serve the military uh, duty that all men in South Korea are required to serve and uh, could not get a waiver of that. So he left the tour for two years, his mandatory two-year military commitment, returning to the PGA Tour at the 2017 Safeway Open, where he got his second tour win, uh, but he couldn't get his card right away, so he had to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour. He uh, won at the uh, Albertsons Boise Open, presented by Kraft Nabisco, uh, in his that was his first win, but he hasn't been able to get back on full-time PGA Tour status. 
He played in the 2015 President's Cup. He was a regular there for a number of years. So looks like he's got his game back together. He's got a one-shot lead taking on uh, Mito Pereira out of Chile. Played his college golf at Texas Tech. He's a rookie trying to get status there. Uh, just one shot back. Bay had a course record 62. He had 10 birdies in a 14-hole stretch in his second round to pull away from the pack. And they've got a cushion because it's uh, all the way back to eight under par to Mark Hensby there in the um, third spot. A little further down, some familiar names, Martin Piller and Robert Garrigus are tied for 10th at 5 under par, but there is a huge gap that Bay and Pereira have uh, put between themselves. It would be nice to see Sang Moon get back in the winner's column, get back on the PGA Tour uh, where he was a uh, favorite, crowd favorite, among the galleries. And that leads us to the PGA Tour. We mentioned they start the Florida Swing at PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens, otherwise known as the Bear Trap. Brendan Steele is your leader, five under par, a couple of rounds in the 60s, not too many guys with two sub-70 rounds. And then you've got JT Poston, Luke Donald, Lee Westwood at four under par. But for Steele, he's looking for his first win since the 2017 Safeway Open uh, and his fourth win overall. He had uh, five birdies, two bogeys in that second round. He's in top 15 in strokes gained off the tee. And uh, nearly aced the par 3 15th. Ball took a lap around the hole and ended up four inches away for a tap-in birdie. Best finish uh, at the Honda is a tie for 11th in 2015, but he's made the cut in eight of his nine attempts now. Uh, crowd favorite, has got to be Lee Westwood. And some wondering if he's starting to look ahead now to the Champions Tour in a couple of years. He'll be uh, 47 in a couple of months. He's trying to become the oldest winner on the PGA Tour since Phil Mickelson at uh, last year's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Now, Tiger's the only player in his 40s to win so far this season. He won at the uh, the inaugural Zozo Championship in Japan at the end of 2019. So that's, what, uh, that's what's on the line this week. And, of course, the bear trap. Uh, the winds are up, so the scores are down, and it's uh, a refreshing change maybe to see 10, 11 under if they can get there being the winning score after guys going 19, 20, under in some of these courses gary woodland uh, nick watney among those at three under it's a very compact leaderboard tommy fleetwood is at two under along with charles schwartzel and so if anybody gets hot or if the wind lays down somebody gets a hot putter it should be interesting to see how far you can shoot up the leaderboard on moving day a couple of local players wyndham clark is at two over aaron wise is at one over uh, so they will be looking to have uh, maybe a hot day on Saturday and see if they can uh, make a run up the leaderboard. We'll talk more about the PGA Tour with our good buddy Jeff Shane. He is going to join us next from Central Florida. We'll talk about uh, the West Coast Swing, what guys are looking at. Tiger Woods announced he's not going to play uh, Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer's tournament, which is a, usually a fixture, bringing up more concerns about his back and his ability to play in the majors and continue to show off his rediscovered swing that we saw so promising in the President's Cup and that Zozo Championship. But if he can't stay healthy, if it's going to be too much work on his body, the compressed schedule, is he going to start having to skip uh, major championships? And is he start? Is this the end? We thought maybe he had gotten it back. We'll talk with Jeff Shane next as we continue on. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in. 816 this morning here. I am in Santa Clara, Florida, or California. Our next guest, Jeff Shane, is in Central Florida. You can see his work in the Daily Sun for the Villages covering uh, golf as he's done for so many years. And uh, we're thrilled to have him. Good morning. Thanks for hopping on with us. Glad to do it. Uh, how's Santa Clara today? Uh, it's going to be sunny, 70. It's going to be fantastic. Good. And uh, we got a matinee for uh, UP Pilots basketball as they close out the regular season. 
Good stuff. Yeah, I think you have a better weather than we do here in Florida. We're about to do a little bit of a cold snap. But that has not kept golfers off the course. <laughs> no. no. Well, a cold snap is in the uh, low 60s. Guys look like they're playing in Alaska there. But, uh, but no, it's not that cold. We'll take that any day of the week out here. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, where I am now in the villages, we have so many people – from other parts of the country that mid-60s is still shorts weather to them. Oh, of course. Anything over (laughs) 50 without wind is shorts weather in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Well, the PGA Tour has reached Florida, and uh, no Tiger Woods. That's a concern. We'll see that. But what of your uh, takeaways from the West Coast Swing and the WGC event in Mexico been – as the PGA Tour gets to Florida and starts to ramp up for the Masters? Yeah, I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, it was good to see Adam Scott win at Riviera. Um, I still find Patrick Reed a very interesting character, and so for him to win in Mexico, and really he played the steadiest on the weekend, I thought was really good. Um, what, I, what I'm worried about is actually this stretch here, the stretch that began in Riviera and is going to carry through all the way to the WGC match play. It is seven solid weeks of golf. Not, uh, not a clunker among them. Even you think about the Valspar Championship or this week's Honda Classic, they're played on some tough classic golf courses. And what we're seeing is a dilution of talent because some guys that would play three or four stops on the floor to swing can't do it anymore because of the way Jay Monahan has this schedule set up. And I think it hurts everybody except the Players' Championship a little bit, and it hurts some tournaments a lot. No question. We're starting to see now the second year of this condensed schedule, trying to get everything finished up before the NFL football season begins. And uh, and I just wonder now, you know, I pretty want to give it a try, see how it is, see if the ratings uh, were the boost that they wanted. But now you're starting to see, especially the top players, I get the sense they're all going to pick the same tournaments for the most part because They'll pick the courses. I mean, obviously, there's horses for courses, so if they have a favorite event, if they're returning champion, something. But after that, uh, they're kind of going to be on the same schedule to peak for the majors. Are there some regular tournaments uh, like the Honda maybe that are going to see things drop off, and how big of an effect is this going to be? Yeah, I think the Honda right now is one that I think is suffering a lot from it. I mean, you think of all the professional golfers that make – Palm Beach, Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter, that area, their home. Um, And up until last year, the Honda Classic was a blockbuster event. It was perfectly positioned between two World Golf Championship events. So even uh, for those European-based players, they'd come over, they'd play the match play when it was ahead of the Honda, and then it would play Doral or now Mexico after the Honda. And uh, it made for a great three-week stretch where international players could come and make sure that they got three solid weeks. And now that we've done the rejiggering, um, and everything is compacted so tightly, and we've taken the Players' Championship and we've moved it back into March and put it right in the middle of that schedule, like I say, it's just it's seven solid tournaments top to bottom, and nobody's going to play seven weeks in a row. And I think it says a lot when you have as popular a tournament as the Honda Classic is, and you have four players in the top ten of the world rankings who live within a 45-minute drive of PGA National, and they're not playing this week. So now the question is, uh, what does Jay Monahan look at? I've maintained the the tournament they got to figure out now and get it out of where it is because it doesn't do anything for anybody is the match play. It's Absolutely. In, it, it doesn't. The course isn't anything that resembles uh, Augusta and the Masters. Uh, it can be a ridiculously long week. They start on Wednesday, and if you're getting into the semifinals or finals, you're playing, I don't know, 100-some-odd holes of golf. Nobody wants to do mm-hmm. that just before Augusta. Where could they put it, though? Well, I, I think what, what they may – if I had Jay Monahan's hat, I think I would look to moving it toward, to the other side of the Masters. 
Um, there was a four-week gap between the Masters and the PGA Championship. Um, and I would say put it two weeks after the Masters. It would be less painful, perhaps, uh, fewer, uh, fewer pieces to juggle. If you were to execute a swap with New Orleans, you could still pair New Orleans and San Antonio, warm weather climates before the Masters, it still doesn't help preparing for Augusta because nothing does anymore. Let's just put, it, put that <laughs> out there right there. Uh, but at least you would pair um, New Orleans and San Antonio. New Orleans would be a fun event because it's the two-man event and, and it would have a little bit more of a lighthearted feel coming out of a strong uh, Florida swing. And then you put the match play two weeks after and those players who do get to Sunday and play 111 holes or whatever, they still have two weeks to recover before the PGA Championship. We're chatting here with Jeff Shane, our uh, one of our favorite golf riders. He's writing for uh, the uh, Village's Daily Sun now down there in Central Florida. Um, so the guys that are playing this week, uh, we see a lot of uh, English flags up atop the leaderboard at the Honda with Luke Donald and Lee Westwood, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, you've got Brendan Steele, who's uh, up there. Some names that, yeah, I remember that guy, but it's been a while. Nick Watney's up there as well. Um, how much is, is Lee Westwood the favorite in that group? I mean, you got Luke Donald and Lee Westwood up there. Gary Woodland, obviously. Um, after his U.S. Open win a couple uh, couple years back, but who's the favorite? Yeah, it's a good question. My question, bigger question is, when did we morph into 2012 for this weekend? This is a leaderboard <laughs> with, with a couple of exceptions that would have fit perfectly in the 2012 schedule with Donald and Westwood and Nick Watney's there and Gary Woodland was just emerging. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Brendan Steele comes and goes and he's a veteran and, uh, you know, you know, should we uh, should, should we bring out some some old jackets from uh, old sweatshirts from from our closet? Because this is this. I just I keep looking at this. And I'm thinking I that's what I used to cover when I did the Honda Classic on a regular basis. And you know, I I love the fact that, that some of these older guys are up here. Um, I think Luke Donald may have a certain amount of favorite because. He is one of those guys that does live, he lives literally just down the street from PGA National. He lives in, in another part of Palm Beach Gardens and has won this tournament before as a, in Palm Beach Gardens. So that would make a ton of sense if he can, uh, if he can negotiate a, a tough P, uh, PGA National course. Westwood has a couple of victories in the last couple of years, and good for him. Uh, it's nice to see him up there. Um, I tell you what, the other thing that I really like and may actually work in Luke and Lee's favor is take a look at those scores. Five under and four under are leading this tournament at the midway point. You were not seeing that anywhere on the West Coast. And uh, it, it takes a little bit different player to play in Florida, uh, the the Honda Classic has had winners in single digits under par in six of the last seven years. And uh, I think that you're going to have to put up with some afternoon wins and you're going to have to put up with a lot of water. And those that have that kind of moxie and are not flag hunting, they're the ones that tend to rise to the top in these situations. No question. And uh, one of the uh, signature courses uh, from Jack Nicholas uh, designing the bear trap there. Do you find, um, I know Jack appreciated maybe those courses where, you know, two or three under and around was a really good score given the conditions, and if the winds stay up and the gusts stay up, that's that's where we expect to be. And we're seeing, though, a lot of the courses, uh, we saw the uh, report from the USGA and the RNA on concerns over distance and, and courses being unplayable. Uh, the WGC in Mexico, even though it was played at uh, at that altitude, we saw a lot of guys with irons off the tee, but the fairways were for, so narrow that if you missed, it was penal beyond all belief. And uh, in that final round, guys were going left and right, and Patrick Reed, by finding the fairway, gave himself the chance to win. Is that more exciting right. golf than just the courses that are 7,700 yards and it's just whoever can bomb it down the furthest? Uh, I find it a lot more interesting when accuracy comes into play. And I think the RNA and the USGA have finally started to look into the fact that it's not just scores that we're looking at, but if you want to build a championship course or if you want to build a course that you can claim as a championship 
horse even. You've got to use a lot of land to make it 7,700 yards. And if we could find a way to keep things kind of under control, uh, you know, the, the example I always think of is Marion or the Country Club. Um, you know, those courses really are too short for PGA Tour standards. And when they had the U.S. Open out there eight years ago, seven years ago, you know, they had to really, really trick it up to make it a challenge for the PGA Tour's best. But setup can negate a lot of length, and uh, you don't want to go crazy with it. You don't want to make it ridiculous and have people complaining about clown mouths and windmills, but you can narrow the fairway. You can grow the rough. You can force players to hit recovery shots instead of just hit it as far as you can, and it goes into thin rough, and you just pull out your wedge and put it on the green, make them think their way around the golf course. And I'll be honest, that's the kind of golf I really like to watch. Well, and anybody that watched uh, the Genesis at Riviera, 10 is one of the favorite holes to watch on the PGA Tour. It's a short par four, uh, but the green is uh, really narrow, and the angling and the bunkering uh, and risk-reward, I think, is what makes it so interesting. They have all these guys have the distance now. You can take uh, a 340-yard par four. Guys can reach it. They have something to think about, and I think that's what fans want to see. What is the golfer thinking about as he's uh, deciding whether to go for it or not? Absolutely. I, I think that in lots of sports, what draws us to that sport is kind of the thinking man's game. You know, baseball fans, particularly those of, uh, of a certain generation, they still love baseball, not because it's, you know, a slow pace or whatever, but because it's, you think your way through it. There's a man on third. What do you do? How do I pitch this guy? Where do I want him to hit it? You know, and now analytics kind of makes a, uh, you know, that even more complicated and interesting if you are a baseball fan. Play calling in football. Um, there's a thinking part to any sport that I think endears us to that sport in addition to the physical skills. And certainly, yeah, because most of us can't identify with Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau hitting at 330 off the tee. So we're chatting here with Jeff Shane, our buddy, writes for the uh, Village's Daily Sun, uh, thevillagesdailysun.com, covering golf for them down in Central Florida. Uh, Tiger Woods announced uh, he would not play in Arnie's tournament at Bay Hill. Uh, one of his favorite stops. He always uh, appreciated the opportunity to pay homage to the King uh, Arnold Palmer, uh, leading to more speculation that uh, he's got more problems with his back. This is something I think is just going to be recurring. I, I hearken back to when after Freddie Couples had back surgery, and you never knew when that thing was going to give out or cause him problems. He'd go low one day at a tournament. He'd shoot 64. You think he's in it and figured it out, and then two days later he can't bend over, and he's yeah. got to withdraw. Uh, I, I, I think maybe the condensed schedule is worse for anybody, for Tiger wanting him to be able to play all four majors anymore. I don't know that he's going to be able to do it on a regular basis. Well, it's definitely going to be tough, and it would have been tough anyway for any 44-year-old, but now you've got a 44-year-old with a medically fused back um, trying to play a, a tighter schedule, and I think his withdrawal, it, I hate to call it withdrawal because he, the commitment was never locked in, so him taking himself out of the running for Bay Hill, I think is a direct um, is a direct impact from the Players' Championship being the following week. If there was a different tournament right after Bay Hill, I think Tiger might give it a go because he didn't have to think about, oh, the players is right after, and that's the one I need to really be ready for. And this is two years in a row now where he has taken his name out of Bay Hill as a precautionary reason to make sure that he's ready for the players' championship. And I think the condensed schedule, uh, you may need to look no further than that to see how it is affecting this as I said, this stretch of schedule, it's great for fans. I love Florida Tough. I love Florida Swing. But not everybody can play all of these tournaments when in the past there was a handful that played all four, and a lot of them played three of the four. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. In regards to Jay Monahan, to circle back where we started, 
Who would have the most influence to get Monahan to reopen up the schedule? Is it the TV partners? Is it the players? Is it uh, the sponsors themselves? Maybe a Honda that says, hey, my fields aren't what they used to be. You need to do something or I'm out of here. Who, who's going to have the most influence on Jay Monahan to, if there are changes to come? I think it's TV and I think it's sponsors. And let's not forget that the TV contract uh, expires here in a year or two. And so I think that that, that is a big focus for the entire Camp Panavidra right now is to figure out how they're going to put together the TV schedule, uh, who's going to be involved, uh, how much is going to go to Golf Channel, how much may go to a new PGA Tour uh, channel, you know, streaming channel uh, like you would see with Netflix or Hulu, you know, stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts there, but I think the sponsors also would, would have a say. I think Honda is the longest-running sponsor on the PGA Tour yeah. right now. And Honda, would, I think, would be listened to if they said, look, Something went wrong here. Um, you know, we're, we, we're not threatening to leave, but we may not want to pay the increase that you're thinking we're going to pay uh, if we continue to have our homegrowns not come to this tournament. And I don't, I don't want the Florida swing broken up, but I do think you can move those World Golf Championship events into better places on the schedule that, that kind of creates a little bit of the breathing room. We talked about the match play. What would prevent us from putting Mexico in the fall? It's not going up against American college football like uh, you would in Austin with the match play. Can you put it in the fall, kind of create a little bit of a, of a swing there where you have the WGC Mexico with the other Mexico tournament, the, uh, the uh, Mycoba, Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe pair it with uh, the, the tournament in Houston that got moved to the fall. All of a sudden, maybe that looks like a nice little stretch right there with a big tournament in the middle that may help Houston and may help Mayakoba. No, makes a ton of sense to me. Jeff Shane is our guest. Uh, you can uh, follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Shane. That's S-H-A-I-N. Uh, his work is at thevillagesdailysun.com. What else are you working on uh, for people? that uh, You usually have like 17 jobs going on at once. <laughs> well, with me coming to the Daily Sun, um, they, they have asked me to, uh, to, uh, to shed myself of a lot of those freelance opportunities because honestly they keep me busy and this is the busiest time of year for us we just had one of the world's largest golf expos called the golf festival at the villages uh it is a place where all the manufacturers come and we had a driving range at the polo fields with 123 hitting bays and all the major manufacturers out there and that's because we have villagers that love to spend money on golf equipment we have a local <laughs> event and of course we've we've now got yeah, I'm obviously not at Honda, but the next three weeks I will be at Bay Hill. I will be at the Players' Championship. I will be at Valspar. Um, and so this is this is the highlight part of the schedule, and uh, uh, just a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts going on. And uh, I'm having some fun up here. Well, we always appreciate it when you take a little time for uh, us as well, and uh, maybe we'll catch up with you at the end of uh, that Florida swing and see uh, how things look headed into the Masters. Jeff Shane uh, working for the Village's Daily Sun. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, and uh, enjoy following the PGA Tour around this next month. Should be fun. Thanks for inviting me. Always glad to do it. All righty, there you go, Jeff Shane. And, again, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Shane, S-H-A-I-N. He mentioned their big demo day, uh, opportunities for you to demo everything, Portland Golf Show going on this weekend at the uh, or, uh, Oregon Convention Center right downtown. So we'll come back, talk a little bit about uh, who's all out there if you missed our chat with Dick Stevens last week. And then uh, we'll continue the talk about Ryder Cup. Is the U.S. team – not as uh, fan-friendly as the European team that will be coming. Curious about your thoughts. You can text me at 55305 as well. We're making the turn. It's Golf in the Northwest on Kennedy the Fan. 838 here this morning. Thanks again to Jeff Shane uh, for joining us. I always love uh, our conversations with him. He's been following the PGA Tour for nearly three decades, uh, working down there in Central Florida. And so uh, hopefully the Florida Swing starts to bring out a few more bigger names here as it uh, gets to the players as well as uh, the Bay Hill and then the Valspar at Innisbrook. But uh, 
Normally, our resident pro, Harold, if you missed the top of the show, uh, he's attending to uh, some family uh, business out in upstate New York, and we send him our best. Uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll have no show next Saturday. We'll take the day off. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas for the West Coast Conference Tournament, uh, not only uh, for the Pilots uh, men's team. Hopefully they're still playing, but the women uh, we are going to broadcast their games, too, and they've got the number four seed uh, in that conference tournament. So uh, there'll be a Saturday afternoon game there. So uh, we just figured we'll take a little hiatus uh, and come right back the following uh, Saturday on the 14th. Uh, but Harold would tell you, if you're in the market uh, to get some new sticks, some new wrenches, uh, the place to be this weekend is the Portland Golf Show as uh, Michelob Ultra welcomes the Portland Golf Show to the Oregon Convention Center. They will be in Hall D. Doors will open up here coming up at 9 o'clock. They're open until 5 today, 9 to 4 tomorrow. All the major manufacturers are going to be out there. Callaway, Cleveland, Cobra, Mizuno, Ping, TaylorMade, Wilson, Titleist, uh, Bridgestone and Shrixon will be there. Their golf balls, too, as uh, golf ball fitting has become as big a thing as club fitting. And as we always tell you, you know, so, so important. All the uh, reps for the manufacturers are out there, and you want to make sure you get a proper, proper fitting. There's no point in spending 500 to $2,000 on a new set of clubs and uh, not working with the reps uh, to do a proper fitting. Um, they will tell you maybe you're not interested and you just want to test them out there. I know there's a lot of people down there. It's hard to get uh, the full time. But they'll also hook you up to uh, which uh, local golf pros, maybe at your local course, they've been certified with a particular manufacturer that uh, you like the feel of, like the swing of. You want to do some more testing. Um you know, obviously, swing speed is huge there. Uh, you've got a lot of new ones like the Maverick is being out there, the Sim, Cobra's new King SZ, among the others, uh, as well as Irons checking out new hybrids. Um, putters, you can get, you know, there's now fitting for putters as well uh, with shafts, with angles, depending on uh, kind of your particular motion. So you want to take the time if you're going to invest that much money and you're going to play as uh, much as you hope to play here with those sticks. Get down there. It's a great, great opportunity to just test everything out and uh, and then get a feel, get some more information, uh, and then follow it up with a local rep as well tons of activities there's lots of golf courses down there represented as well and a lot of the the resort destination courses central oregon uh, california arizona nevada so if you're uh, interested in one of those uh, big golf vacations bandon will have uh, representation there as well they continue to uh, build new courses uh, and uh, new experiences down there on the southern oregon coast one of the true gems and, uh, and they'll let you know, too, when the best time maybe to come. It's usually in the fall when the big summer season uh, is over. Uh, they have uh, in-state resident rates, uh, so it won't be obnoxiously expensive <laughs> uh, if you're willing to go. And some of the best weather there is in late September, October, uh, even though it's starting to get cold up here uh, in, uh, in the Portland area. Weather is still good. Wind dies down a little bit, too, sometimes uh, there in the late fall. So go check it out. We encourage you to go. Uh, just 15 buckets. You're going to get some free rounds of golf, some other goodies. Today is Kids and Family Day. Uh, so the kids that come down, uh, the first ones, uh, I think it's the first 1,000, will get a free golf club there, courtesy of uh, the first tee. They're always great about that as well. Um, and so it should be a fun, fun day. Um, uh, when I get back, I'm hoping to be down there uh, tomorrow checking out some things as as well hope to see you down there uh portlandgolfshow.com is where you can get all the information uh the lineup of uh, speakers and instructors that'll be up there on the main stage uh giving you the insight as well tons of contests to enter as well so uh, we appreciate uh their support of our golf show as well over the years so again portlandgolfshow.com when we come back uh, in the business of golf it's a Ryder cup year they'll be at whistling straights in Kohler, Wisconsin, at the end of September. And if you look at guys in position for automatic bids on the U.S. team, who do you root for, especially if Tiger's going to fall out? Is the European squad not going to have to deal with the uh, usual uh, U.S. crazies? And are they a more, uh, more backable team, not only from the standpoint they continue to uh, kick the USA's butt, but 
Are they just more uh, fan-friendly? I'm curious about your thoughts. Text me on the fan text line at 55305. This is Golf in the Northwest on 1080 Fan. You love them enough to do anything for them. Dad, can we make 200 cookies for my bake sale tomorrow? Let's do this. Including checking NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 846. Jason Swigart back here with you. Minus uh, Harold. He'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, from taking care of some uh, family business. Thanks again to Jeff Shane for joining us. Center and State coming up next uh, at 9. And then uh, Portland Pilots basketball uh, finishes up the regular season. That's why I'm here in Santa Clara. They'll take on the Broncos. You'll hear that game on the fan today. Uh, Oregon Ducks baseball has a doubleheader uh, against Milwaukee this afternoon, I believe, uh, starting at 1245, uh, first pitch at 1 o'clock. So uh, Duck baseball will be over on 910. So uh, we'll have the Pilots for you here 12.30 pregame, 1 o'clock tip. Uh, for those of you that maybe saw uh, earlier schedules about some college basketball, they moved up uh, the start time for TV uh, for that Duke game, and that conflicted, so we were uh, unable to bring that one to you here this afternoon. It was originally, I think, a, a 5 o'clock tip, uh, but it got moved up to a 3 p.m. tip. So uh, that's how the schedule lines up for you today. I wanted to finish things up and uh, encourage you to join us on the fan text line 55305. Ryder Cup will be in Kohler, Wisconsin at Whistling Straits uh, September 22nd through the 27th. And after what we saw between Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau last week and all of the talk about uh, how unsavory and unrootable those two guys are, uh, Reed's victory was able to shoot him up to third now in the U.S. Ryder Cup standings on the points list. Brooks Kepka is number one by a long distance uh, with his uh, two major wins last year. And so... He's going to be on the team. You would expect Dustin Johnson to be there as well. But here's the eight right now on the U.S. squad. Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Pastor Creed, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Gary Woodland, Justin Thomas, and Tiger Woods. If Woods can't keep playing, he's going to fall off. DeChambeau's victory vaulted him from 27th to 13th. Tony Finau, Matt Kuchar, 9-10. and 10. Uh, Patrick Cantlay and Kevin Kisner. But you've got, you know, Kepka and who's uh, he and Gary Woodland kind of misunderstood. Uh, they're not super media friendly. Dustin Johnson uh, is, I mean, people are wowed by his length and his game, but, um, you know, doesn't do much for you. Patrick Reed, we know he's dealing with everybody calling him a cheater. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is certainly prickly. Uh, Xander Shoffley, great young player, but people don't know him too well. Justin Thomas can be surly with the media. Uh, Webb Simpson, super nice guy, but uh, again, not uh, a guy that's going to rile up the crowd to any length. And so uh, for the Ryder Cup, it's become this event all of its own uh, nationalistic pride and rooting against the European squad. And, and Will, feel free to jump in. I know you're not a huge golf fan, but you know, the Ryder Cup every two years, and it gets everybody going. But I just wonder if the European squad isn't going to face the normal uh, craziness in the U.S. crowd because they're not necessarily going to be all fired up about their team this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to expect that the Americans are going to be a little bit rowdy. And I think somebody on the, uh, be- or I'm sorry, the text line 55305 was saying that uh, nobody's going to root for uh, Ricky Fowler or something. There was somebody saying something Well, Fowler's that. struggling. He's He would probably have to, unless he picks his game up, he's going to have to be a captain's pick. And he's going to have to do it by playing well. No one's going to be rooting for Reed, yeah. even though he had that epic uh, singles match uh, a few years back. I think that was a Medina in 2016 where he outdueled Rory McIlroy. Uh, but I think McIlroy is more of a rooting interest. Here's your uh, guys that are qualifying right now in the automatic spots for Europe. Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, uh, a Frenchman, Victor Perez, who's playing uh, on the uh, – mostly on the European tour, people are pretty unfamiliar with. Uh, but then you've got a bunch of Brits. Danny Willette, former Masters winner. 
uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, a couple of youngsters who are affable chaps, Graham McDell, who everybody loves, and then the Austrian Baron Wiesberger. I'm sorry, uh, that's just fun to say. Chaps. Yeah. That's an interesting way to put What's it. What's wrong with? Well, they're Brits and <laughs> they're happy See, to look you guys. This is this is why they're going to get booed and they're going to get uh, heckled uh, when they come over to Wisconsin. It's going to happen because of the fact that yeah, but is, is Wisconsin like the... going to really heckle? Uh, why not? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, I know fans will come from all over the place, but to get up there in uh, up up into Wisconsin where Whistling Straits is. Uh, who, hey, your swing sucks, you know, huh? What? Hey, your swing yeah. sucks, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I just I wonder if what the U.S. can do. Spieth is 16th. Um, he's he's a popular guy. I don't know Kucher after his uh, stiffen his Mexican caddy uh, who was filling in and his you know he had that nonsense so. Everybody's kind of soured on him a little bit. Bubba Watson at 18 right now, he's got his detractors. I mean, if those guys end up making it, I just wonder what's going to happen. Because I think that there's just on... so, so much world kind of, uh, what I would say, disinterest. I don't want to say disinterest, but just kind of like, eh, Tiger Woods isn't going to be there. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. Now, Stricker is his good, good, good buddy. So if Tiger uh, can get his body in shape and play well, get into the get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. If he plays well at the British and uh, um, the U.S. Opens, maybe he gets into the FedEx Cup and he gets a victory uh, down the stretch. Uh, then, well, one, I mean, if he gets a win somewhere at a prestigious tournament, that should be enough to keep him in an automatic berth. But if he gets a, a, a non-major win, I would imagine Stricker would pick him, especially how well he played as a, a captain and a um, and a player yeah. and figured it out at the uh, President's Cup. I think Stricker would also understand he couldn't use him every day, so or playing back-to-back, -back, he would only use them in either the, the foursomes or the four-ball, and probably the four-ball unless there was somebody that really wanted to, that, that fit with him, that understood him, Justin Thomas maybe being that guy. But, um, but yeah, other than that, if Tiger's not able to go or, or his game falls off, I just don't know if it's going to be enough of a draw. I'll be curious to see. I mean, the Euro Europeans have owned the U.S. Uh, over on their side, but I think they're playing as well as anybody. They're the ones that are young and up and coming. you got these uh, a couple of teenagers that uh, might get some captain's picks. The the 18-year-old, soon-to-be 19-year-old uh, Danish kid who's looking to win for the second time in 10 starts on the European Tour. Um, you know, you throw in a couple of veterans. Uh, Lee Westwood playing well, uh, as well as Justin Rose. And then, if you cancel the Olympics because the the coronavirus, so there won't be golf there, it could be real interesting. I, I'm just wondering where people are at. Well, uh, oh, we got somebody on the text line. He says they love Reed. I love Reed's game, and for some reason, when the pressure gets turned up, he's able to focus a little bit more. But I, I just I wonder what it'll be, and if there's any funny business out there of him with the long ruling or. Um, well, you know, you've, then you've got conceding putts, and did he concede it, and he picks it up. If something like that goes south, I think it's going to be a long week for the Americans. Well, I also think that you have to take the whole idea of the coronavirus further than the Olympics, because if it becomes something where it, you know, kind of wanes off in the summer like most of these viruses do, but then comes back in the fall, and you start to see kind of a steady pace of people that are getting infected by it, that could really affect golf because golf much like tennis is one of the most you know traveled sports there are you know Man. you're never really in one place you're always going across the world and playing in different uh and different courses so even for the u.s tour where people are kind of traveling around the country you know there are cases in the u.s i wonder how that's going to impact play going forward in 2020 well it already has on the women's side because they canceled their events in singapore and thailand uh, uh due to it so that's why the women are basically have six weeks off here uh right now it'll be interesting to see how they can keep their game sharp when they resume uh i think they start out in arizona in the middle of march when they resume play 
Uh, and they got a couple events before their first major, the ANA Inspiration, the former Dinah Shore uh, Invitational down in Rancho Mirage. So that'll be interesting. Uh, most of the play, though, it'll be interesting. The British Open will be the interesting one where you've got people coming from all over the world uh, in July. That'll be the one if they can't get this dialed in and, and start to get it contained. Uh, if golfers will not show up for fear of that. Um, but most of the big-name play, I mean, Rory and John Rahm and Justin Rose, uh, Paul Casey, they've got residences here in the United States down in Florida. They're playing more events on the on the PGA side. Uh, they'll be here for the Players' Championship and the Masters and the U.S. Open and the PGA. So uh, not as much of a concern for them. But definitely when we get to the Ryder Cup, I'm, I'm curious to see how big the uh, USA chance will be. Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe we'll have uh, some more uh, likable characters from the U.S. Uh, move up into those spots. So, Will, thanks for uh, helping me out this week uh, on our own and uh, helping to take care of some technical stuff. Hopefully it wasn't too distracting for you guys listening out there. I'll be back on the airwaves here at 1230 pregame for uh, the Pilots taking on Santa Clara to close out the regular season for them. we got Ducks baseball over on 9-10 for you this afternoon. Coming up next, it'll be the center and the Saint. Thanks again to Jeff Shane for joining us. No golf in the Northwest uh, next Saturday. Uh, everybody will be out of town, so uh, we'll give you a uh, – a reprieve and uh, join you the following Saturday. Hope to see you down at the Portland Golf Show. Uh, for uh, Will, I'm Jason. Head up straight. Now, how would I adjust? Well, I've got to choke down on my club a little bit. Fiji's uh, in Europe. Uh... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.